not just Wall Street. It's the energy companies. It's the military industrial uh, complex. It's the drug companies. It's big money flooding Congress with campaign contributions and lobbying. Welcome to Planet Money. I'm Alex Bloomberg. And I'm Robert Smith. Today is November 1st, 2011. And that was Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders. You heard at the top, he was making the pitch for campaign finance reform. Funny you should mention that, because Robert, today (laughs) on the show, you know how people talk, people like Bernie Sanders talk a lot about the impact of money on politics. Everyone talks about it. Today, we are going to show it to you. We are going to show you the places where money influences politics. We're going to take you into the rooms where it happens. This is the first in a uh, couple stories we're planning on doing on the economics of campaign finance. We'll show you behind the scenes in just a minute. But first, as always, the Planet Money Indicator from Jacob Goldstein. Today's Planet Money Indicator, it's 40. MF Global, that's the big trading firm that just went bankrupt this week, it had a leverage ratio of 40 to 1. Okay, leverage ratio, what does that mean? Basically, in plain terms, this firm, for every $1 of its own money that it was using, it borrowed an additional $40. This estimate, by the way, it comes from the rating agency Egan Jones, and a leverage ratio of 40 to 1, it sounds like a lot, and you know what? It is. That is a huge amount of leverage of borrowed money. And, you know, this helps me understand the MF Global story because the big news was uh, MF Global is going to go bankrupt because they invested in Italian bonds and Spanish bonds, which have not been doing well lately. But the key here, you seem to be saying, is that they borrowed all of this money. They weren't investing their own money in these Right. Dicey bonds. They took other people's money to do it. And in particular, what happened, it wasn't necessarily that they got killed on the investment per se, but rather all these people who had loaned money to MF Global, they knew that MF Global was invested in European bonds. And these people who had loaned money to MF Global, they got nervous. They said, hey, MF Global, you know what? We want our money back. We don't want to be loaning you money anymore. So MF Global, it's not a bank, but this is exactly what happens in a bank run when everybody all of a sudden tries to get their money out of the bank. And what happened to MF Global in the end, it's exactly what happens in a bank run. It couldn't pay everybody back all at once, and it collapsed. And these are not FDIC insured. So, uh, Jacob, I feel like I should add something here because this does complicate matters. After MF Global had basically collapsed because of this run... Regulators have found this discrepancy, really. I mean, they didn't keep track exactly of all this money. Yeah, no, and there are reports. I think the Times broke it. Basically, there are hundreds of millions of dollars that are supposed to be customers' money, and they can't find it. So clearly, this is an important part of the story. It's not entirely clear yet what's going on, but we definitely should mention it before we get out here. It does not look good. Thank you very much, Jacob. Thanks. All right, Robert. So today on the podcast, we're going to kick off what we hope will be a couple of stories on the topic campaign finance. And we're hoping to sort of go inside, show you how it works as a business. Yeah. We're going to look at the people who give the money, mainly lobbyists, and the people who get the money, mostly candidates. And we're going to be looking at what all that money gets you. What is the marketplace of campaign finance look like? The return on the investment, if you will. But today, we're going to be taking you to the place, the actual rooms where the money meets the politics. And we're going to start it off with a guy who has been inside these rooms. He spent years in them. He was a lobbyist for seven years. He had misgivings, and a couple months ago, he quit. Now he's trying to reform the system. But this story is from when he was still in the business working as a lobbyist for a large industry group with a large PAC. That's a political action committee, which is a group of people who share a common cause. They pool their money, and they use this to sort of amplify 
their monetary voice in politics. Right. So you can think of them as basically you've got the Chamber of Commerce and then you've got the Chamber of Commerce PAC. The PAC is what gives the money. So one day, our former lobbyist, Jimmy Williams, is calling on a congressman. And he's got two members of his trade group with him. These members also live in the congressman's district. And they are there to ask the congressman to support them on a specific issue. They opened up the door and the chief of staff said, can we talk to just you for one second and then we can bring in the two constituents? And I said, sure, absolutely, not a problem. Walk in, they shut the door. The congressman is sitting behind his desk. He stands up, he shakes my hand and says, hey, Jimmy, it's great to see you. And I said, congressman, it's good to see you too. He said, I've put in two calls to your PAC director and I haven't received any return phone calls. Now, why am I taking this meeting? And he held up a piece of paper with my PAC director's name highlighted in yellow on it with the dates and the times that he had called her to ask her for a campaign donation and she hadn't returned his call. And I thought to myself, this is great because I've got two of my two of my guys out here that are constituents of this, this congressman who are now going to come in here and they're going to make an ask of him to support a specific piece of legislation. And what he has done is he has warned me that if I don't take care of what my PAC director isn't doing, which is contributing to his campaign, then he's not going to help my guys. Jimmy Williams says that this is the most explicit it ever got for him, but that this implicit bargain, it underlay almost every interaction he had with elected officials. There isn't a single policy decision that's made in Washington, D.C. that isn't influenced by money. And the place says Jimmy Williams, the setting where the money does a lot of its influencing is something called the Washington, D.C. fundraiser, which is the subject of our podcast today. Now, we live in New York City, and so we have some passing familiarity with big fundraisers. So when I, when I think of fundraiser, it's when the president comes to town. They block off the streets, the lemos roll in, the helicopters come in, and all of a sudden you see people in tuxedos get out, and then you hear later that in this fundraiser they paid $35,000 a plate and, you know, Stevie Wonder sang or Lady Gaga, you know, wore a new outfit or something. This is what I picture no, as no, a fundraiser. No, no. So you got to get that image completely out of your mind. Those, those gala fundraisers, they, they exist and they're real, but they're pretty much, they're rare events. They're reserved more for presidential campaigns. The thing I'm talking about is much different. It's below the surface and it's arguably much more important. Okay. So these things happen all the time. There are a lot of candidates out there running for office, and they have to raise a lot of money. According to the Federal Election Commission, the first half of this year, candidates for the Senate and House reported raising a total of $285 million. That's what they have to, that's for the first half of this year. That's how much they have to raise. And that wasn't just Lady Gaga. Yeah, no, no. So how do they do that? They do it at these fundraisers, like this one. Oh, and they finally put a sign, Congress Larry, Congressman Larry Kissel's Barbecue, please take elevator to first floor. All right, yeah, elevator to first floor. You think that that's happening at Obama's fundraiser? No. <laughs> so that was Bill Allison. He's the editorial director at a nonprofit called the Sunlight Foundation, and they're a group that tracks money and politics. Um, and they also get their hands on these fundraising invitations. This is the invitation for the fundraiser that we're going to right now. Here, here you want to check it out? Uh, already, this doesn't look like a presidential fundraiser because it's it's just a faxed piece of paper, really. And it says, please join us for a North Carolina barbecue. This is not professionally put together. Please join us for a North Carolina barbecue with Congressman Larry Kissel from North Carolina's 8th Congressional District. Yeah, so this is a real fundraiser. These things are happening all over D.C. almost every day. So here's how it works. Congressman Larry Kissel, like every member of the House, needs to raise 
a lot of money. The average is about a million and a half dollars to get reelected. And so you see down there, it says RSVP. Okay, that's on the second page here. Yeah. Please RSVP to so-and-so and so-and-so. And there's and there's a phone number here and an email address. This is not the congressman's staff here that you're emailing to. No, no. So these are f- most likely fundraising consultants. They are the people in charge of helping Larry Kissel raise all the money he needs for his reelection. And they're the ones who put together this fundraiser that we're going to tonight. Okay, so we take the elevator up. We're on the first floor. Who's there? Who goes to these things? All right, well, let's find out. All right, and we're going to the fundraiser right now. Hi. We're, um, my name is Alex Bloomberg, and I'm with, uh, I'm with National Public Radio. I yeah, listen to This American Life. Oh, excellent. How are you doing? I recognize your voice. Um, I'm doing a story about the economics of campaign finance, mm-hmm. and I'm in town for the evening, and I'm just... And I'm you, well, I am not allowed, I'm not allowed to speak to press. So okay, <laughs> that's um, fine. get my boss up. Okay, sure. All right, so the building we're in, it's its your basic no-frills office building. You know, smallish lobby, mid-'70s construction. It looks like the kind of place that might house a DMV or something. Whereas the president's going to the Waldorf Astoria, your run-of-the-mill congressman is in some nondescript room. Right, exactly. And yet, the minimum necessary to get in the door here is $250. So that's if you're just a regular individual off the street, that's how much it costs you. If you're a lobbyist working for a client, you know, like a PAC, it's $500. And the invitation makes clear, if you donate up to $5,000, which is the legal limit, you get a special name. They call you a host. So how many people are in there? I mean, how, how much money is this going to bring in? Well, I can't, I can't really see everybody from the lobby. So I'm just like, a, just to set the scene, I'm standing in this lobby. I'm peering around the corner. You can see these people dressed in suits, holding appetizer plates and drink glasses. But, you know, people have told me that a fundraiser like this might have, I don't know, 20, 25 people there. So ballpark for Kissel's campaign, he would be making anywhere from fifteen to $30,000. That's probably a fine guess, yeah. Okay, so take me inside. Show me where the money meets the politics. All right, well, bad news. Communications director's going to come out. Excellent, great. So the all communications right. director comes out. Can't, you can't talk to me at all? No, sir. I'm sorry. Have a good day. Okay. But these people love this American I, life. I know, this was I your in card. <laughs> They're public radio fans, and you can't get past the dark. I know. But don't worry, Robert. Because there are fundraisers going on all the time. So like this night, September 20th, it's just a random night, but there were 14 separate fundraisers that were happening just that night alone. And that was just in the nighttime. These also happen at lunch, at at breakfast even. Here, check this out. Here's another invitation. All right. Uh, Upcoming events memo for Tuesday, November 1st. It's today. Senator Richard Luger and special guest Saxby Chambliss. 5.30 5.30 a.m. <laughs> this was this morning at 5.30 a.m.? Is that a typo? No. This happens in the morning? Yeah, I know. And I Are love they this working one. out together? <laughs> no, and I love this one. This one, so compared to the other one where it's sort of you're cordially invited, it's a BBQ. This one is just all business. Who? Richard Luger. When? 5.30 a.m. Be there. Yeah. Bring and, money. <laughs> and like here's a couple. I mean, it's just fun sort of looking through these things. Like here's another one. So for example... Check this one out. So this is a whole list of them. Uh, this one's uh, for the 25th. This was just a couple days ago. All right. For uh, Audible Dutch Rupsburger. Wait. Oh, oh, wait, wait. Lunch at the Johnny's Half Shell. Is that, that's like an oyster bar? <laughs> Johnny's Half Shell comes up over and over on these things. It's, it, you can see it again on this page. Johnny's Half Shell. So there's these restaurants around D.C. that just have these rooms that are just almost exclusively used for these fundraising meetings. And, and Johnny's Half Shell shows up over and over and over again. God, they're making a ton of money. Yeah. Oh, and then here's another one. Check this one out. Okay. Fundraising breakfast for Senator Barbara Boxer. <laughs> 
And then uh, this is what I love about this. It, it doesn't say that Barbara Boxer is a Democrat. It doesn't say how long she's been in office or, or even that she's from California. <laughs> it doesn't mention anything about that. It says Barbara Boxer, chairman, Environment and Public Works Committee, member, Commerce and Science Committee, member, Foreign Relations Committee. Right. And that is because... The committee memberships, that has a lot to do with who goes to your fundraiser. You know, for example, if you have business, if you're a group that's interested in what's going to happen on the environment committee, you might want to go to this fundraiser to try to get in front of Barbara Boxer. Same thing with commerce and science or foreign relations. If you have business before those committees, you might want to go to this fundraiser. But it doesn't say anything about if you love Barbara Boxer, if you support her policies. It just says her committees. Right. I mean, to be fair, you could go simply because you love Barbara Boxer, and I'm sure plenty of people do. But... You also might want to go if you have business before a committee. Okay. So so on the night you were actually there, there were 14 of these going on, and you, they gave you the door at the first one. So what happened to the next one? All right. So Bill Allison and I from the Sunlight Foundation, we were trying to get a good sampling of all the different flavors of a fundraiser out there. So we wanted to go to one that was pretty different than Desmond Kissel's. So our next stop, Roy Blunt. This is Roy Blunt, and it's a fundraiser. Roy Blunt. He's a senator from Missouri. Exactly. And his fundraiser... It looked very different. First of all, it was at a, a restaurant called Art and Soul, and Bill and I stood outside and sort of sussed it out. It looks like a very nice restaurant. The one we were in was in sort of like a regular old, sort of like a little bit of run-down office building. It looked like a, like a, you know, just like sort of your basic office building. This is sort of like fancy. you got outdoor dining. You've got like a fire pit over there. You've got people with like stemmed glasses drinking drinks. Does that bespeak a difference between the fundraising prowess uh, of Roy Blunt versus uh, versus uh, Larry Kissel, um, I think it really does. Roy Blunt is in you know he's a in leadership. He's been a huge fundraiser. Uh, he has uh, um, you know he's he's one of the more important Republicans. He's on uh, some of the key committees. You heard we said he's on some of the key committees. This is turns out to be really really important. Which committees you're on. So, for example, let's say you're on financial services or the banking committee or something. You probably have a lot of banks or insurance companies with business before your committee that are curious about the outcome of legislation before your committee. And so they're going to want to talk to you. They also happen to have very deep pockets. It might help you raise money to be on those committees. Yeah, if you're the unlucky schmo on the government reform committee, (laughs) maybe there are people lining up to give you uh, cash. I mean, I'm sure there are interests that lobby the government reform committee, but they don't have probably as much money as the banks or insurance companies do. And Blunt, he is on a very powerful committee, the Appropriations Committee, which is a committee that basically decides how we spend, you know, the federal dollars that we spend. So he has a lot of influence, meaning lots of people probably want to give him money, and his fundraisers are a little fancier. Hi. Uh, we're here for the fundraiser for uh, Roy Blunt. Sure, I'll show you where that is. Okay, great. Thanks. Wow, they, they, they think you're a lobbyist or something. You I, just waltz right in. Yeah, I'm holding my microphone. I've got my headphones on, so we, we just walk through the restaurant to this little room in the back, and the door is cracked open, and we can actually see in. It's just this like really intimate little space. It's maybe 12 people around a table, Roy Blunt sitting there in the middle, trying to think if I should actually sorry and I sort of froze Robert because it was just sort of like I could have just walked right in but it was just like so intimate and so close I sort of just froze we're actually looking through the door right now it's just like a whole bunch of people sitting around a table Mm -hmm. talking there's a couple of bottles of, of wine and coolers off to the side red wine uh, Pellegrino water, and they're eating dinner. Um, oh, there's there's Mr. Blunt right there talking. Oh, 
was a woman with lots of pearls. And right around this moment, the restaurant manager came up and kicked us out. No! You can do reporting on the outside. I just can't have you inside. Okay. All right. Thank you. That's okay. Thanks. Oh, you were so close. Yeah. Uh, so you're back on the street, and and, and let's 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 break this down. What, what we know, peering into this room, those people who are sitting around that table, this intimate gathering. I mean, what are they actually getting for their money? All right. So if if I'm an industry spending money on a lobbyist, I'm I'm looking at this probably as an investment in something. An investment in what? What's the product that I'm getting? So a lot of people argue what you're getting is minutes in front of a congressperson. I mean, these things don't last long. You know, if around that table is probably like an hour, two hours, maybe max. You got 12 people. That's like five, 10 minutes of one-on-one that you're going to get maximum. And, and then the price is based on how productive those minutes could be. In other words, how powerful is the congressman you're getting those minutes with? So check out the price for uh, Kissel. Okay, da, 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 da. individual level, the minimum is $250 to get in the door with Congressman Larry Kissel. Right, and then here's Blunt again. Check out Blunt. Uh, Blunt, minimum to get in the door, $1,000. Right, it costs you four times more to get into Blunt's fundraiser than it does to Kissel's. And, you know, you say that it's minutes there, but it, I realize that there's also something else here, which is, remember that story from the beginning? If you want to show up at the actual office of a congressman or a senator and you're bringing along your clients, your constituents, and you're bringing them along, it helps to have had this meeting beforehand. It opens the door again and again and again from that one meeting. Yeah, exactly. So if you are a low-ranking congressman, you've just arrived in town, you're fresh-faced, you don't know anybody, you're not on a powerful committee – how do you get this money? How do you get people to show up at your fundraisers? Well, one way is you, you just try to raise less money from lobbyists. You try to raise more money from people back home who sent you there in the first place. But then also there's other methods you can do. So look at look at Larry Kissel's fundraising invitation. Now, Kissel is on the Agriculture and the Armed Services Committees, but he just recently got elected. He was elected in 2008. He's not a very high-ranking member on any of the committees. So – Look, he brought some sweeteners to the deal. Yeah. He comes special, as a package. Special guests is how he refers to them on yeah. this fact sheet. Uh, Congressman Colin Peterson, ranking member agriculture. Congressman Tim Holden, agriculture, transportation, infrastructure. And DCCC frontline chair Jim Himes, financial services committee. Right. So he's basically trying to broaden his reach a little bit. <laughs> so if you're interested in any of those committees, then it pays for you to go to Congressman Larry Kissel's fundraiser. Right. But just again, to contrast this, Roy Blunt, his fundraiser was thrown by one of the most powerful lobbyists in D.C. The guy who was the host of his fundraiser is this guy, Jack O'Rourke, who works for a lot of financial services company like Goldman Sachs, for example, H&R Block. So even though Larry Kissel maybe had more people at his fundraiser, Roy Blunt, he has the right people. Those 12 people, let's say, that are sitting with him are all connected to other folks They can bundle money for him. They can ask their clients for money. They may control political action committees. They may be able to raise each of them, uh, each of those 12 people, may be able to raise 10, 20, maybe $50,000 each. And suddenly, that's a pretty important room of people if you're Roy Blunt. Um, And that's the way fundraising works. It depends on connections. It depends on people. Uh, We are going to support you, Senator. We're going to get out the... We're going to get the... You know, there's the people who say we're going to get out the vote. There's the people who say we're going to write the checks. And these are people who can get people to write checks. It's starting to sound like you never got into any of these fundraisers. <laughs> I didn't get in that night. Okay. I will. I will. I want to. But 
I didn't. And I should say here, I did call Roy Blunt's office to find out who was there to see if they wanted to comment about this. They told me no. I also called uh, Larry Kissel's office. They didn't call me back. And frankly, I was surprised at how hard it was to get into one of these fundraisers. And, and one of the reasons was that I'd already gotten a congressperson to agree to let me go to one. So the next day after this night, I was supposed to go to Congressman Jim Cooper's fundraiser. He had a luncheon fundraiser. And he's a Democratic representative from Tennessee. He's sort of a critic of the system. And so he, he thought, hey, it'd be great for me to be there with him. We had it set up a couple, you know, maybe a week in advance. But then less than 24 hours before I'm scheduled to go with him, his staff calls me all sheepish. And apparently once the guest list to this fundraiser got wind that I was going to be there, they all canceled. They canceled. They canceled. And so they were like, well, I mean, we do need the money. <laughs> so so we need to revise this, uh, this marketplace because it's not apparently just minutes with the congressman. It is candid minutes with the congressman, unrecorded by Alex Bloomberg minutes with the congressman. I mean, once it's funny. Once the microphones are there, I guess this little transaction will become... I mean, it's hard to ask for what you want. It becomes a little fake. You're you're posing for the microphone. Yeah, and I saw that in action. I mean, especially just like this. I'll play this one piece of tape from our last visit. I, you know, it was this other f- fundraiser. I got in, and then the woman in charge, same deal. We'll get you the person in charge. The woman comes, and she stops eight feet away from me so that she's not even picked up on my microphone. Excuse me. And then you, uh, and then you can just barely hear what she's saying. Hi. It's a closed event. Oh, okay. Um, is there is there somebody that I can talk to about 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 what happens here? Who's the? Can I ask your name? What's your name? Thank you. I'm Alex. I'm sorry. What's your name? Thank you. All right. So I don't know if you could hear, hear what she said. I, I'm pretty sure when I said what's your name, she said I'm good. Thank you. Clearly, she's done this before. She has a, a sweet little southern accent. It sounds like I'm good. Thank you. I've never felt so toxic. It's hard not to take it a little personally. <laughs> so what, what do you make? Of this secrecy, I mean, it's it's not a, it's not exactly like people are walking into this thing with huge trunks full of cash. No, I mean, I don't. That's the thing that's so surprising is that I think a lot of people. I have talked to a lot of people who who you know off the record and off the record conversations, and and what they say is, a lot of it is you know like minded people gathering. The chances are that the people who are at Roy Blunt's fundraiser they believe what Roy Blunt believes and they want to give him money anyway. They also properly represent interests that he's going to deal with. But, like, that's secondary to, you know, it is a lot of it is just sort of like-minded people gathering. That being said, money does play a role. It has some influence. And that's what we're trying to untangle here. And and I think when I talked to Bill Allison about it, what he said is the reason people don't want a lot of attention focused on this is because it's sort of like everybody knows that there's something, there's some sort of influence happening here. And that it's a necessary system and they just don't want people looking into it. Like both sides are sort of doing something that they just don't want people peering at. It's one of the problems of, of how we perceive it. It's always the special interests, you know, mugging the poor politician and stuffing money into his, his uh, campaign account. And that's not the way it works. It's the politicians as often as not chasing after the special interests and trying to get them to give money to their campaigns. And um, you know, there's a little of both going on. You know, the special interests certainly want to give money to influence the, the policies, but the politicians want that money and they actively raise it. They actually they try to get people to contribute to them. Well, you know, if there's nothing terribly mysterious about what's going on in those rooms, then here's what I say. If you're listening to us right now and you work in a congressman's office, senator's office, maybe you're a lobbyist or a lobbying firm, 
let Alex Bloomberg in the damn room. Like, <laughs> this is the plan. He wants to go in the room. He wants to see what's happening. You have an opportunity to show it to him. So if you're hearing this and you have any access to the room, I'm just going to throw it out there. I would love that. And, and I think we want, as we said, we want to do a couple of these stories coming down the line. So maybe you have been in these rooms yourself. Maybe it's part of your job. Maybe you're a lobbyist or an activist who is trying to get FaceTime with various members of Congress. Maybe you're a campaign consultant and you set these things up. You invite people to these fundraisers. Maybe you're a waiter at a catering company. You pass around the scallops wrapped in bacon, and apparently you're working at 5.30 in the morning, <laughs> passing these things. If you have been in the room, we want to hear from you. Maybe you're the maitre d' at Johnny's Half Shell. Whoever you are, if you know this world, if you've been there, if you've seen it, if you've felt it, we want to hear from you. Planet Money at NPR.org, or leave us a message. We have a special phone line set up, 202-371-1775. That's 202-371-1775. The Sunlight Foundation collects all the political fundraising invitations it can get its hands on and puts them up on its blog. The blog is called politicalpartytime.org. It's an amazing resource. We'll link to it on our blog, npr.org slash money. We also put up a link to Jimmy Williams' new organization, the one that's trying to get money out of politics. We'll put a link up to that as well. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. I'm Alex Bloomberg. And I'm Robert Smith. Thanks for listening. 